are a firefighter and an EMS professional. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants and you put your life on the line every day for others. Because of that, you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. In every situation we're faced with, as we see a need, we own it and we act. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder of Ignited and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. The Ignited Movement is a battalion of firefighters who challenge the status quo through a forum dedicated to self-improvement and accountability. In each of these episodes, we discuss a myriad of different things challenging the fire service today, from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. We aim to civilize the mind but make savage the body. And even though the focus is on the fire service, topics and principles we discuss span all types of professions. That being said, let's light the spark. Back in episode 33, I talked about the importance of mentorship. In this episode, I have a conversation with Jonathan Santana, who's on a mission to teach individuals life-balancing skills to cope with stress in their day-to-day lives. He's a firefighter, speaker, mentor, and a coach. During our conversation, we discuss what it means to be mentored, qualities to look for, and what the benefits of this kind of relationship are. We discuss how stress should be managed, how ego needs to be put in check, and what it means to be an asshole. The idea that leadership isn't tied to rank definitely comes through in Jonathan's passion for this topic. So without any further delay, here is my conversation with Jonathan Santana. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Jonathan. Um, why, don't you give, uh, why don't you give the listeners a little bit of intro as to who you are and what you're all about real quick? All right. All right. Thanks for having me on, Ryan. Uh, like I said, Jonathan Santana. Um, I've been working as a firefighter for uh, about 10 years. Um, you know, a lot of what I've been working on lately has kind of been moving uh, in addition to the fire department over the last couple of years you know, working on, you know, addressing a lot of the, uh, the elephants in the room, uh, with stress and PTSD and just, you know, our everyday lives, you know, what we've been doing during our careers is, it's more than just a job or a career, it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in order to, to cope with that stuff, because we don't have a normal career or normal lifestyle. So we have to kind of, you know, adjust just like professional, you know, baseball players or basketball players, they have to take care of their bodies physically and to make sure that they can always perform at a high level. Um, we have the same physical, you know, uh, demand, but also the mental capacity with, you know, a lot of the stuff that we see and have to experience throughout our career. So, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's still, you know, in its incipient stages, but, you know, with the work that I've already been able to, to do and the people I've been able to build with, uh, much like yourself, it's uh, it's been, you know, an awesome experience. Awesome. Right on, man. And so you reached out to me. We'd connected through Instagram and uh, you reached out to me and said that you're trying to not just take a reactive approach, because I know that a lot of times um, us as first responders, we kind of get stuck in that reactive mentality, but that you want to try to take a, a proactive approach and helping firefighters manage their stress and their lives and whatnot. 
in order to live a happier and healthier lifestyle. So is your focus, uh, like, what is your focus for that? Is that what it, is that what you're trying to do through mentorship? Yeah. So, you know, mentorship is definitely a, uh, a vital role in what I've been, you know, working on and, and the direction I've been moving in. Um, you know, when, like you kind of touched on the reactive role, we are invested in that lifestyle and in that culture, you know, something bad happens or something happens where, you know, the citizens, you know, they, they think to themselves, Hey, we need some type of help. And so they reach for their cell phone or whatever they have and they call 911 mm-hmm. and that's where we come, you know, so we come to an issue that has already occurred and we try our best to mitigate it, whether it's a, a fire incident or medical call uh, our job is to to bring it back to homeostasis right bring it back to normal balance Mm -hmm. and uh you know there's a lot of pride and you know in our culture and you know a lot of the people that i work with to you know people obviously you're on the other side of the country you know we we still share a lot of those same cultures and, and being excited about what we do right um actually myself personally working with a mentor uh it was kind of exposed this, this festering frustration that I had with only being able to, to help people and be of service in that reactive position. Mm-hmm. And it was a real complex situation because, you know, I was feeling a lot of reward and being able to help people, but still had that frustration of wanting to, you know, go a little bit beyond that, you know, beyond just the days that I, I put on a uniform and I go to work and, uh, you know, have this, this truck that I respond on. And, uh, so, you know, mentorship uh, for myself has has definitely been a vehicle that I've used in this transition from that reactive to that proactive side, because, uh, you know, what I've found as I've been walking on this journey is it's, it's really a lot of teaching that I've been doing. Um, and, you know, one of my main focuses is on stress right now and helping us learn how to manage that stress. You know, we're never fully going to be able to get rid of stress. And quite honestly, we shouldn't want to. You know, stress can help us out, you know, to push ourselves. And, you know, of course, it's up to a certain degree. You know, once you pass that that threshold, now it becomes, you know, a hindrance to our health and our ability to, to think and enjoy our present moment. So, uh, you know, beyond just mentorship, you know, if we kind of cor- correlate that with like a normal classroom or teaching setting, uh, mentorship is kind of like that one-on-one uh, tutoring, right? And then... You know, beyond that, I do like to, you know, still speak with audiences and, you know, more of that traditional classroom setting. Uh, and then also having like an online program to to address those people that maybe don't have the time or the are in the position to kind of sit down and be invested for that for that time span, but can work at their own pace. So it's been a, you know, a learning experience for myself, just trying to cover all the different vehicles to be able to, you know, get the message out there and, and share, you know, what it is that I've been working on. Yeah, I definitely hear that. Uh, you did mention that uh, managing stress, we don't necessarily want to ignore it. Um, like you said, I, I appreciated that what you said, like we don't, sometimes we tend to dismiss it or we think of it as a bad thing. But the ideal is that we, we manage that stress. And with your proactive approach through mentorship, I think that that gives it that vehicle, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the uh, one of the things that I teach, uh, which is the online program that I have, I call it the Head Start program. And Head is actually a mnemonic for our habits, ego, awareness, and decisions. 
And I identified those as like the four main pillars for us to address, you know, when it comes to any type of stressful event, you know, because of course our job itself is stressful, but then we have families, we have finance, we have our own, you know, personal ambitions, right? Right. Um, So when we are dealing with stress in its dynamic state, you know, whatever it could be that day or multiple, you know, circumstances in a single day, um, I found that with this program that I put together, it's helped me. You know, these are tools that I use um, just because the stuff that we see every day, the things that we have to deal with, the lack of sleep, the, the diet, that, you know, we're sitting there eating a meal, next thing you know, the tones go off and mm-hmm. now you don't eat for three hours. Right. You know, all of those things affect us and our ability to kind of function as a normal human. So, you know, we have to look at, you know, like I said, those four pillars to really identify you know, how we can manage our stress effectively and, and not let it become, you know, more of a, of a, a liability, right. it more as a, as an asset. Exactly. Know? Exactly. Yeah. And that's something I'd mentioned in a previous episode. I feel honestly, as firefighters, we, we, uh, we kind of fall into two groups on the fire ground. You're either an asset or a liability. And I think that what you're saying is if you're not aware of what's going on in your head and, and if you're not managing these things, then, then you are, just becoming an, a liability. That's totally true. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's um, it's definitely a team sport that we play, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you're only as strong as your, your weakest link, as cliche as that sounds. Yeah, it's uh, true. You know, it's really important that, you know, like I said, it's the, the physical ailment is there, the, or the physical uh, capabilities, you know, we understand the importance of that. Uh, and I know, you know, you have your personal trainer, and so, you, you know, you're well aware of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where I come in and is, you know, more of that mental aspect, both are, you know, absolutely important. Um, so that's why it's just really important as the fire service develops and evolves, you know, we have to evolve as well and, and start to pay attention more to, you know, the things that, that you're an expert in and, and diet, nutrition, exercise, you know, having function mobility instead of just kind of lifting, you know, picking things up, putting them down. Right. And we have to be able to make sure our backs are healthy. We got to make sure that, you know, we don't strain ourselves and move in awkward positions because, you know, as, as we all know, that could be a career ender. Yeah. You know, if you move in the wrong way. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, definitely, definitely a lot of important aspects. And like I said, I love the direction that, you know, like-minded people like yourself, you know, we're moving in to, to really bring just more light to the situation. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. We're trying, right? We're trying. Yeah. How is it that you define what a mentor is and, and what, it, what was the inspiration behind what it is you're doing? I know you put out an ebook called a guide to working with mentors and people can get that through your website, but tell me about what it was that inspired you specifically in regards to mentorship. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I guess the first part of your question, you know, defining a mentor, um, a mentor, I guess to put it simply is just someone that has walked a similar path or, you know, an exact path that you're looking to start to travel down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the key element to a mentor, though, uh, you know, because there's a bunch of people that walk similar paths, you know, something that's really important for us to identify is that they are both, you know, able and willing to, you know, shed light and to help us in those, you know, questions that we have. Um, you know, a lot of times we get frustrated because, we don't even share with the person that we're kind of looking up to that like, Hey, can you kind of mentor me? Like, you know, it's a conversation that should be had. It's real simple, you know, can happen real quick and it can bring a lot of, a lot of clarity to 
kind of that relationship that you have with that person, um, you know, I feel like it definitely can be overlooked. But, uh, you know, an example that I use a lot of times with a mentor is uh, a radio, which mm -hmm. I know sounds really funny, but, you know, we all are kind of vibrating on our own frequency, right. you know? And when you get into your car, you have preset radio stations, right? Mm -hmm. So you're tuning into those same frequencies. So a mentor is a person that is like a DJ host on that, on, you know, on that radio station. They're very familiar with it. They know when, you know, the, the advertisements, the commercials come on, they know the genre of music and, you know, they can just shed that type of information with us and, you know, make us more aware of what, you know, we're getting ourselves into moving forward, you know? I totally yeah, agree. Totally agree with that. And that's interesting that you mentioned frequency. I've talked about that before too. And, and it's so true because you know, the people you're hanging around, you typically, what was it? You become like the five people you hang around. And, yeah. and once you are tuning into that, that different frequency, you kind of elevate yourself or, you know, you just kind of sidestep the, the obstacles that would normally face you and you just kind of elevate yourself above it. And you're operating on a whole different level. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely agree. Um, what's important to also note with that is the, the adverse of that. You know, mm -hmm. we have to understand also that if we're hanging around people that are not like-minded, we can be moving in a direction away from, you know, what we truly or where we truly want to be heading. So, right. you know, it's, it's important to be aware of that stuff, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, like I said, the four pillars, that's one of them, you know, our awareness, you know, who, who are we hanging around? You know, what are, what are the conversations? And, you know, a lot of times there's a misconception about like, oh, well, if I'm trying to become a firefighter or I'm trying to, you know, become a teacher and share all this stuff, I can't hang around with my childhood friends because they're not doing the same stuff. It doesn't mean that at all. You know, it right. just means that you're going to have different conversations when you're around those people. Yep. You know, you can absolutely be around those people and de-stress, you know, play basketball, play football, play hockey, you know, take something, take your mind off stuff. And, uh, and then you have your group of friends that you go around and you know, I'm going to pull out a pen and a pad and, and take notes and try to build and, you know, see how far I push the ceiling, yeah. you know? So, um, exactly, exactly. I totally agree with you. Um, so one of the things you mentioned in your, in your ebook, uh, is that it's important to check your ego. And I know in the fire service, we're typically a lot of type A personalities. We've got egos galore, you know, <laughs> and so, and so that can be challenging for us, especially. So, so talk to me a little bit about why it's important to check your ego and what, what are some things that we can do to do that on our end? For sure. Yeah. Ego is, uh, it's one of those things that can be your best friend or your worst enemy. And, you know, it's important for us to kind of take a step back and understand ego a little bit. You know, when we talk about ego, we we have two different perspectives. And really the goal is to kind of sit in the middle of those two perspectives. Mm -hmm. uh, the first perspective is just, you know, normal life, us seeing things through our own two eyes. You know, when we look at it from that perspective, we're the most important thing on this planet because everything I'm seeing, everything I'm, you know, all of my senses, touching, tasting, all that stuff, that's my world. Mm -hmm. So that's my ego is taking that in as what I'm doing is the most important thing. You know, what's going through my head is, you know, facts and, you know, <laughs> whatever well, else. Yeah, like, and, that, that kind of, and that like, this is the only way, like this is exactly. the only way it can be done. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, you know, as firefighters, 
there's that, that, that old saying of you better teach us right the first time because there's no getting us to change it. You know, <laughs> yeah, you that's good. Gonna, if you teach me how to tie a rope this way, don't try coming around and teach me how to do it a different way. Cause you know, I did this in fire Academy and this is the only way I know. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I've funny. been, I've been told like, there's two things that, that firefighters, uh, hate it's, or the firefighters love the way things are and they hate change. And so it's like, you know, which, which do you do? For sure. Yeah. And again, it's one of those things, like I was kind of touching on earlier, you know, there's a lot of pride in the fire service and that's because of the culture that's been, you know, folded over generations. Mm -hmm. And that's why sometimes, you know, I'm sure maybe you experience some of the same stuff. I get little jabs here and there at the fire station, mm-hmm. you know, what are you doing trying to go proactive. What does that even mean? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, little jabs here and there. And that's just people Like you said, they, they're used to the way things are, but mm-hmm. you know, you have to go against the grain. Sometimes you don't have to do it disrespectfully. You don't have to, you know, <laughs> go on this like huge rage. You know, <laughs> yeah. you, like you kind of like with the frequencies, you talk to the people that share the same frequencies and eventually, you know, it, it could grow, should grow. But if not, you know, if you know, you're kind of exercising your truth and what makes you feel good, then, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter either way. Right. And exactly. And how can that be a bad thing? I mean, for sure. honestly, for sure. when you're, when you're just trying to better yourself and, and learn new things and kind of expand your mindset, um, it's interesting how many people kind of push back, but I think that goes and that speaks to the the complacency of it all and like the status quo, you know, we're comfortable. We're comfortable with these things that we know already and and going and learning something new is difficult. And I think there are a lot of people who take that comfort and they're okay with it. Now there's nothing against EMTs, but there are those EMTs who are just comfortable doing what they're doing. And that's fine if that's what you want to do. But at the same time, it kind of separates those people who want to further their education and become paramedics. You know, they, they want to delve into that and they want to be a little uncomfortable and learn these new things. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. That's along the same lines. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, that's like the first side of like the ego that or the one end of the spectrum, I should say, you know, where we see everything through our own two eyes and it's, you know, it's the most important thing. But then, you know, I challenge anybody to, to really go out and walk in nature and right. just truly by your, I'm talking about like by yourself, like mm-hmm. no, no cell phone. Uh, go, and if you're, you know, feeling a little brave, go out maybe, you know, close to the to dark and stuff like that. I mean, of course, keep your safety first and stuff, but you know, as you go out there, you, you really start to experience how small you are at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean between the, the, the two ends of the spectrum. And that's really the best way to kind of maintain your ego is understanding that, yeah, what you're doing and your experience is absolutely important. But at the same time, you have to remain humble enough to understand that, you know, you are small as well. So kind of walking that middle line allows us to, you know, keep our ego in check, mm-hmm. you know, and talking about mentors, um, <laughs> one of, one of the things that like I was most, one of my biggest lessons I should say when working with the mentor was, uh, my ego was telling me that you know, mentors are going to give me a direct answer. They're going to tell me, I'm going to go to them and say, Hey, what's the winning lottery numbers? And they're going to shove answers down my throat as, as quickly as I can digest it. And, um, obviously, you know, that's not how it works, you know, and that's one of the misconceptions that I kind of share in my ebook where, you know, they're just there to mainly guide us. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember when I was trying to get hired at the fire department, uh, I had a mentor and he, uh, you know, he, he knew of the fire service and it was actually at 
you know, the same fire department that I was trying to, to get hired at. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to him and saying like, Hey, how many applicants are there? He's like, you know, a hundred. And then a couple of days later, he's like, it's up to 200. There ended up being over like 450 applicants and they were only hiring three people. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there going, all right, like I need some direct answers yeah. now. You know, I need, I need to know how to, you know, get hired. Yeah. And, um, you know, down here in South Florida, it's, it, at least when I got hired, it, it was the challenge. Yeah. And so I remember asking him like, you know, what do I have to do? And, uh, it's one of his favorite stories to tell, but he sits down and he looks at me and he's like, I, I thought you knew what you had to do. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And so he gets real close. I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm getting an answer. You know? <laughs> and, and he goes, uh, he goes, in order to get hired, you just have to finish number one. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, of course I know that, but like how, and he's like, Oh, how that's a different, that's a different question. Only question. So then he goes, and this is where I realized that it's just mainly guidance, but it made all the difference because he goes, how many days until the testing process? I said, 24 days. He goes, okay, perfect. So what do you think you should do over 24 days? Meanwhile, he's not giving me a single like answer. Right. All he's doing is asking me questions. Right. And I'm like, well, I got to practice fire ground skills. Okay, perfect. How often can you do that? I said, well, every day. He said, and we went through the whole thing, mm -hmm. fire ground, medical. He let me answer all those questions. Nice. And he goes, perfect. He goes, uh, are you going to have time to do that? And I'm like, well, I have to work. And he's like, well, didn't you already tell your, your boss that, you know, you were going to have to take, and this is something he prompted me to do. Mm -hmm. Like, six months in advance and I go, well, well, yeah, I did. I said, but what about, you know, money? I gotta, you know, I gotta eat. Yeah. And he's like, well, didn't you put together the savings I told you to do? And he like, Mr. Miyagi me, you know, he's yeah. like, <laughs> like uh, I was like, yeah, I, I do have the savings. I was like, but I worked hard for that, you know? And he's like, well, that's what you saved it for, yeah. you know? Yeah. This so is for, it. For 24 days, I just completely invested. Um, you know, it's a huge risk, you know, it was, it was huge odds, but you know, in that, in that situation, all he did was guide, you know, and it was truly, I feel like the difference maker because without that, I don't think I would have fully understood the magnitude of what I was getting myself into, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I guess fast forward to the story, you know, I ended up finishing number one and uh, it, it was the hardest I ever worked in my life and I, it was years in the making. But uh, like I said, he just kind of like Mr. Miyagi me and um, you know, it's important, you know, in those moments to remember, like we were talking about the ego, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was kind of frustrated because he wasn't giving me direct answers. Even though it's like 24 days, I was like kind of frustrated because I'm like, if you were to just give me the answers or tell me what not I need to know, you know, but of right. course you can't do that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously it worked out in the end, Yeah. but uh, it was a lot of hard work, but you know, it, it goes into that ego and, and really just understanding that it's a relationship, you know, and, and things aren't always going to go exactly as you seem or as you think in your relationship. So you have to, you know, keep that ego in check. And probably one of the most important fire department rules is you have to stay adaptable and just overcome, you know, whatever it is that you're going up against. Right. Exactly. And I like the idea of having um, like a, a proactive approach with, with a reactive adaptability. I think that's, that's one of the great things that we can harness as firefighters and I think you're right. Um, you know, it, it does take that. You got to put that ego in check so you can find that guide. Because if you're if you're out there and you're you're of the mindset, well, I already know everything, and there's nothing else I can learn. Well, then the opportunity to have that guide 
to help you grow is just going to whiz right by you. You're, you're never going to get on that frequency and it's just never going to happen. You're going to be stuck. So that's a good yeah. point. That's a good insight. What you're saying. So back in, uh, I, I did an episode 33. I talked about the importance of mentorship and why we should all seek out a mentor. And now that we've talked a little bit about ego, um, you mentioned a term in your ebook that I think we've all experienced, whether it's knowing this type of person or being this type of person. I think we've all been this type of person from time to time, but tell me what it means to be an asshole. Yeah. So, <laughs> I love it. That's good. Yeah. So I started chuckling because I kind of, I had an idea where you were going with it. And <laughs> I, I always relive the moment because the first time, the first time I heard the term, it was my sister. And, you know, she's like, I asked her a question about something and just completely like walked away. And she goes, you know, you're a real asshole. And I was like, <laughs> what did you just call me? And uh, she's like an asshole, you know, a person that asks a question and then you don't care about the answer. You're an asshole. And I was like, oh, I said, well, that's, I guess that's kind of true. You know, yeah. I, I should wait for the answer. I'm, you know, if I'm going to come to you with a question, you know, let me wait for, uh, for the answer. And, um, you know, it's one of the most important things I feel about mentorship because it's, uh, it's an element that helps us destroy our limiting beliefs, you know, because like you were touching on, if we feel like we know everything, then why are we even asking the question? Right. Um, so by asking questions, it allows us to destroy those limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves with one of them being, you know, right there at the top of, we know everything. And, uh, you know, I always look at mentors and I think about it like a search and rescue uh, scenario. Like, I don't know how many times you've been, you know, interior on a structure fire or mm -hmm. your training, whatever. Every time I do a search and rescue, it's almost comical to me to go in after the fact. Mm -hmm. Because you go in, you're working real hard, you're moving stuff, you know. The, the little side tables beating you up, just trying to get it out of the way because you move it to the left and then your partner moves it to the right and you kind of like fighting each other to get, you know, the search done. Um, of course, the importance of training, you know, getting, getting through those, those obstacles, but even, you know, missing secondary means of egress. Oh, I missed that window or I didn't see that door. I went 20 feet in the opposite direction when if I just went five feet past this door, I would have been able to get out, you know, much easier and faster. Right. Mm -hmm reason why it's so difficult is because we're in the dark you know we don't know what we're going up against you know if we knew that the door was right there then obviously we would sh you know go right for it um same thing like if we know it's just uh if we go to the left we can avoid that big old couch that's sitting in the middle of the living room or you know whatever and uh a mentor does is they are kind of like the after effect of a search and rescue. They remove all the smoke and they remove the, the blindfold from your mask and they bring light to the situation so that you can see more of what you're going up against. So it's important for us to ask questions and wait for the answers. You know, if we, if we go to our incident commander and we're like, you know, what type of dwelling is this? You know, it's important that they tell us, hey, it's a multifamily or it's, you know, a warehouse or, you know, there's propane tanks in the back. Like those are all things that are vital information. But if we don't wait to get the feedback, you know, we can be putting ourselves in great danger. So, um, you know, definitely when it comes to mentorship, uh, if you're going to ask a question, definitely ask a question that you want the answer to. And then I feel like that's the easiest antidote to being an asshole. Mm -hmm. Then you genuinely, genuinely want the answer. Yeah. But um, you know, really, everything kind of works with each other. You know, you have to keep your ego in check. You can't, uh, you know, be so confident that you're not humble enough to 
to hear, you know, from a new guy. You know, I have new guys on the truck all the time that point out good stuff, whether it's to the scene or to a patient or, you know, whatever it is. Like, we're all capable of pointing out and being, you know, critical on a call. So um, all of it, you know, works together from ego to the questions that we ask and, you know, really everything that we've been building on. Totally agree. Totally agree. So I'm about 15 years in to my career and I've got guys that I work with that have been there for like 35 years. I've got guys who have just come on and been there for two or three years. And it's interesting because um, as these people progress in their careers, they go from EMT to paramedic or firefighter to engineer and they promote to captain or whatnot. Um, we, I, I do see those and, and hear those things about people who are like, well, I've been doing this for 20 years and this and that. And to me, I look at the new guys as a, as a great resource because they're just coming out of it and they're just uh, learning all the new changes. Like I, I, I've been a paramedic for about 12 years now, 13 years and guys who are coming out of paramedic school, like within the last year are learning some really new things. And, and I'm interested in picking their brain because they're fresh off the, you know, they're fresh off the line. So it's pretty interesting. Um, I think it does speak to that, those level of those levels of uh, ego and how we kind of block ourselves in regards to being open to learning new things. Um, because one of the things you were talking about is it's important to ask questions. And I think that takes a certain level of humility, but then it takes an additional level of humility to be willing to hear the answers and actually take action from those answers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You know, like, like I said, with the ego and all that stuff, like it, it can be difficult to, to, especially like you're saying, you're a person with experience and then there's people with even more experience mm -hmm. to then look at, you know, we have 20 year old guys getting on the trucks. You know, I started at, at 20 years old, mm -hmm. you know, and I know the look, you know, I know the look that the, the older generations will give, when, you know, new guys like, Hey, I think we should do a 12 liter, you know, right. think, uh, you know, maybe we should do a, a 360 of the car or, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it's kudos to you and, you know, anybody out there that, that has that ability to, to exercise the humility and just, you know, see again, both the, the larger and smaller pictures of, of what you're doing. You know, a lot of what we do, egos can get people hurt, yeah. you know? So, yeah. so being able to, to have that humility, you know, 15 years, I'm 10 years, you know, it's, we're at that position that probably, you know, considered middle of the road and, you know, you have the opportunity to really start becoming a leader no matter what rank you're at. Right. So really, uh, you know, to, to bring that camaraderie, you know, we, like I said, there's a lot of pride. A lot of people talk about, you know, the culture and stuff like that, but then to actually exercise it is something different. You know, I will say, fortunately, my, my department is, is really, really good at, you know, making everybody feel, you know, important and to make their, their voice heard or noticeable at, you know, whatever given point because of just the job and the service that we we aim to provide. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. So um, when it comes to that mentorship relationship, I think there's a lot of, you, you mentioned risk and reward, you know, and you gotta, you gotta take those risks like you did to get hired. And then the reward was you just immeasurable, you know, I mean, you've literally, you've, you've won the lottery, but there was a lot of hard work involved with that. Um, when it comes to the mentor relationship, there's a lot of trust that that's involved there and, and accountability 
to, to a lot of extent. And I think those two go together. Um, how would you say that those two are related when it comes to working with a mentor? Uh, yeah, I definitely have to agree with you. You know, they're, they're absolutely related. Um, mentoring relationship is like any relationship, you know, your, your relationship with your spouse, your, your siblings, your parents, your dog, like it's a, it's a two way street, you Mm -hmm. know, and accountability and trust is the name of the street. And, uh, it's important to have those things, you know, can one coexist without the other? Um, I guess I, I don't like to use always and never situations. So I'll say sure. Right. But, you know, absolutely understand that there's going to be a huge fracture within that relationship. You know, uh, use the example of the guidance, you know, a lot of times as a mentoree, you're not going to understand it's going to, they may remove some of the smoke and, and make it more visible, but you may not see the full picture. Mm-hmm. So you have to have trust, you know, in, in their vision and what they're asking you to, to do and carry out. Um, you know, as far as accountability, if, if you're asking for help and there's actionable steps to take, you know, that's, that's your job to, to take action, you know, just like it's a mentor's position to when asked a question to kind of answer it. You know, if they don't have a direct answer, to do some research. You know, it's it's a uh, it's a very invasive relationship. You know, the the experiences that I've had personally with being both a mentor and a mentoree, um, it, it's it's helped my personal relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really it really has because um, and they're just so important. They're so critical. Like you said, just that one kind of leap of faith. You know dividends that it's paying is is you know it's huge so you know moving forward i I use that same you know that same approach of of really letting that be the infrastructure of my relationships you know both up and down uh as as a person to uh to make sure that those things are present you know and sometimes we're not perfect you know i think it's really important that it's 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 said, you know, we all have stuff that, uh, you know, we've kind of sabotaged ourselves in a way, you know, whether it's on a professional, personal, physical, um, platform, you know, it's, there's been some type of maybe step that we take, you know, maybe it was intentional, maybe it wasn't, you know, maybe it was coming from our subconscious, but, um, you know, there's definitely been, been moments where none of us have been perfect. So, you know, moving forward with that, you know, the trust and accountability, uh, it's there. And I think it, it's really more of just getting to know each other as well. Mm-hmm. You know, cause sometimes you know, I've had, I've had where I've asked people, you know, that they're like, Hey, can you help me? Absolutely. And then I'm like, go do this, this and that. And then I, I kind of get frustrated because I'm like, Hey, I told you to do this, this and that. And to me, I'm like, yeah, it's simple. I just need you to do this. You know, these two easy things. Right. Take two steps. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's super outside of their comfort zone. So, you, you know, you have to have that empathy and understanding nobody's perfect. Nobody's going to do everything exactly as you would. So, you know, it's a very dynamic relationship. Again, much like any relationship that you have in your life. So, um, you know, I definitely see those two things as, as names of the street when you're talking about, you know, the two-way street with uh, relationships. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's like the intersection. These two, have, these two cross and it just makes things that much stronger. For sure. Well, brother, this was great, man. And uh, you provided some really good perspective in regards to mentorship, what it looks like, um, how we can get involved. How can people learn more about you and what you're doing? How can they connect with you? 
Uh, well, I have a, I have a website, uh, jrsinspires.com. Um, I have the ebook there available for free download. Um, I made it a really, uh, you know, quick read. I wanted to basically just get to, you know, answer a lot of the questions that were coming up. You know, I, I was kind of talking about those jabs at the fire department. It's, it's real funny because like in a group setting, I'm getting all these jabs and stuff. And then one by one, I had people like, so, you know, I have a cousin that yeah. wants to, you know, yeah. maybe work with a mentor. And so I, I really just took a lot of those questions that kept coming up and again, try to identify some of those misconceptions that people have yeah. just so that they get more of the truth, you know, when it comes to, to mentoring, um, you know, I pull a lot of it from my personal experiences and, you know, again, both up and down that, uh, that I've had and, you know, I really wanted to get that information out and share it. So that's on the website. Uh, obviously, social media, JRS Inspires on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com forward slash JRS Inspires. Uh, I try to keep it simple, you know? Yeah, <laughs> no, that's good. Um, I do have a YouTube channel as well. Probably guess the handle, <laughs> JRS Inspires. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, the the latest addition that I have, it's actually on udemy.com, U-D-E-M-Y.com. Mm -hmm. And that's the Head Start program. You know, I put four years of personal uh, trial and error. I've worked with, you know, relatives and friends that, you know, were really experiencing a lot of stress. And I said, look, these are the four areas that I find are important. And in the program, I really just give a lot of new perspectives and tools that people can use to really go after those four pillars and understand how they can, you know, see them and, and how they can affect the stress that they're dealing with in their everyday life. Um, you know, the, the goal that I've had from the start of this, this proactive journey is to, to just serve and to help people and to see, you know, how we can, like you t touched on, you know, live happier and healthier lives. That's awesome, man. That's, that's what it's all about, brother. Well, thanks, dude. I got a lot out of this conversation, and I think a lot of the people listening could get a lot out of it, too. I'm definitely going to look into that that Head Start program you put together. Sounds like you've invested a lot. But I appreciate talking with you, man. It was really good. Yeah, man. Thanks um, for uh, you know everything you do. I think it's a, a, a great podcast. Um, you know, definitely blazing a new trail and, and you know, showing, showing people that firefighters don't have to just stop at firefighters. You right. know, we can go on and do other things within our community and uh, beyond. So thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for having me on. And uh, maybe we'll build again in the future. All right, right on, man. Appreciate it. Take care. Be, be hard to kill out there. All right. Sounds good. The idea that leadership isn't tied to rank definitely comes through in Jonathan's passion for this topic. He provided some great insight as to what mentorship should look like and how everyone can benefit from having a mentor. Be sure to visit his website at www.jrsinspires.com and download his free ebook, A Guide to Working with Mentors. Also, do yourself a favor and look into his Head Start program that he talked about during our conversation. There are some great lessons to be learned and principles that you can incorporate into your everyday life. If you're currently struggling with finding your motivation and feeling less than inspired, I've put together a worksheet that can help you out. You can download it for free, and it'll help you identify your motivations and start moving you toward becoming more fulfilled in your life, at work, and at home. All you have to do is go to my website at www.ignitedff.com and click on the link in the top right of the screen that says Download PDF. Submit an email that you actually used, and the link to the download will be sent straight to your inbox. 
This is a tool that I personally use from time to time when I need to recalibrate my motivations and my goals. Thank you so much for listening to the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and share. As we delve deeper into these issues, we can come together and help each other learn and grow. As we lift each other, we become stronger. Remember, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IgnitedFF. I'd also like to invite you all to join the Ignited Firefighters Facebook group. This is where firefighters and EMS professionals can come together and discuss the challenges they would face and connect with others who are dealing with those same challenges. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the firefighter you'd want on your crew. Be ignited. Ignited.